Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here is your host, Rachel Pierce. Hello, and welcome to Sentencing Practice Talk. I am Rachel Pierce, and I am joined this morning by uh, my colleague, Krista Rubin. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Uh, This is another installment in our series that's following up on uh, sort of the takeaways, teachable moments, if you will, from our 2019 National Seminar. And we're going to focus this morning on your breakout that you did on criminal history. Now, was this a introduction to criminal history? Was this more of an advanced criminal history? What was your focus? This was more of an advanced criminal history breakout session. Mm -hmm. Um, The title of it was... Criminal History Implications for Immigration, Career Offender, Safety Valve, and First Step Act. Mm -hmm. And so the goals uh, or objectives for this breakout session were, of course, to demonstrate and teach correct guideline application in the calculation of criminal history points, Mm -hmm. but also to drive home the understanding that criminal history points don't just impact the criminal history category of a particular defendant. Mm -hmm. But they also have an impact in some Chapter 2 guidelines, like illegal reentry and felon in possession. Mm -hmm. There's also an impact as to whether a defendant is or is not a career offender. Mm -hmm. Um, The recently enacted uh, legislation that expands the safety valve. Oh, yeah, that's huge. That has an impact because it's, you know, looking at the calculation of criminal history points, you know, the First Step Act. Mm -hmm. So... It's not just that you need to get it right for the criminal history category, but getting it right for criminal history category also leads to getting it right for other guideline determinations or statutory determinations as well. Exactly. So So now, go ahead. (laughs) So um, the way that we presented the information was to give our participants scenarios where the criminal history calculations were already done. Okay. So they looked like they were looking at a PSR. I see. So So almost like reviewing a pre-sentence report as a supervisor would do. Exactly. Exactly. So the points were already assigned. Mm -hmm. And then we asked uh, the participants to tell us whether they were calculated correctly, yes or no. Mm. Tricky. Tricky, tricky. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And so that way, you know, we weren't sort of giving away the answer by saying, how many criminal history points should it be? Because sure. And then you have some options and you can guess and you may or may get, may or not get it wrong. Right. right you know. Right. Uh-huh. So, so in this way, we're able to see, are you understanding the uh-huh. issues? Good. And so, um, so I it's like a that really, tactic. I it's, like it. it's a cool way to teach it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, some were slam dunks people got them correct pretty on a by a majority and in other situations it was it was a little tighter okay so let me let me ask you what how much experience was in the room i I know that the majority of the participants are probation officers so that's always the highest representation that we have at the national program so were these mainly new probation officers or folks that had more experience it ran the gamut okay so i would say about a third of the participants had two years or less of experience. Mm-hmm. Another third had from like two to 10. Mm-hmm. And then another third had 10 or more. Wow. So it was pretty evenly distributed. Okay. 
It was okay. pretty evenly distributed. So even even with folks that had more experience, you still found that they were struggling with some of these criminal history issues. Absolutely. So were there, what were your takeaways from it? Well, so there were three areas that uh, were challenging mm-hmm. to the participants. I'm not surprised okay. because the reason these scenarios were included is because the scenarios were created from actual helpline calls mm-hmm. that we've received. So these are areas that we know people struggle with. Yeah, we get a lot of mileage out of some of those helpline calls. Yes, we do. <laughs> Keep calling. Yes. So uh, the first area of application that was confusing for folks is the application of status points under 4A1.1D for someone who commits an offense while under a criminal justice sentence. The second area is the application of additional points under 4A1.1E, where we have crimes of violence that are treated as a single sentence. Mm -hmm. And the third area is a situation where a prior revocation applies to multiple prior sentences counted separately. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they're all good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's start with status. Okay, so for our listeners, just a brief recap. Status applies when the defendant commits any part of the incident federal offense while serving a criminal justice sentence, Mm -hmm. whether it's probation, parole, imprisonment, work release, etc. And um, it's an additional two criminal history points that are added to, you know, the overall number of criminal history points. And um, the important thing to remember is that in order for these two points to apply, the prior sentence from which the criminal justice sentence results has to receive criminal history points under 4A1.1A, B, or C. Mm Mm-hmm. So it can't be a situation where you have a prior sentence that does not get one, two, or three criminal history points under A, B, or C, Mm -hmm. but then you apply the status points. Right. And so the situation, the, the scenario that we had involved a defendant who had a prior sentence, uh, of 20 years of probation. It was a robbery sentence, 20 years of probation. Wow. I know. That's that's a long that's time. A long time. <laughs> and um, the instant offense occurred in 2017, and the probation was imposed in 2001. Okay. okay. So this is the actual scenario used in the breakdown. Yes. Okay, This great. is the actual great. scenario. And so the time frame for counting a probation sentence mm-hmm. is 10 years from the instant offense. Right. Which means that anything prior to... 2007 is too old to count. Right. And so this probation sentence was too old. It did not receive criminal history points. Correct. Um, Even though he technically is still on probation in 2017. And I can hear everybody saying, but wait, he's still on probation. Right. How how is that fair? How does he get away with that? I can hear him him saying it. And uh, so, but what the guideline says is that the prior sentence must be countable right. under 4A1.1A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And so even though technically, yes, he is still on probation, it doesn't meet the criteria we outline in our application note, which says it has to get criminal history points B 
before you can apply the status for that criminal justice sentence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, what the guideline says. Right. And we we kind of have a running joke in, in education and sentencing practice about reading the yes. guideline. But it's so true. Yes. And we can't, uh, we can't overemphasize that. You've got to read everything, the guideline, the application notes. And I'll, and I'll just take a minute here to say that also there's a very specific definition about what is a criminal justice sentence. That's right. And so sometimes folks think that they're under a criminal justice sentence, but they're really not because it doesn't meet that definition. Exactly. So lots again, of good information in those notes. Got to read, people got to read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was the first issue that, okay. that um, popped up when mm-hmm. I was looking at the data from mm-hmm. the clickers. The second issue um, is the application of additional criminal history points under 4A1.1E for crimes of violence that are treated as single as a single sentence. Got it. And so, you know, a single sentence, you know, multiple prior convictions are treated as a single sentence when there's no intervening arrest and the sentences are imposed on the same day or they're in the same charging document, basically. Right. And so when that occurs... And there are multiple crimes of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, if the crimes of violence don't separately contribute to the length of the prior sentence, right. additional points can be assigned under 4A1.1E. All right. And so what confuses people about this particular application is that it actually requires multiple crimes of violence. Right. And so in the example, in the scenario we used during the breakout session, uh, the defendant had two prior convictions. Mm-hmm. One was a theft or theft or burglary, I can't recall. But the other one was an aggravated assault. Okay. And they were treated properly as a single sentence. Mm-hmm. There was no intervening arrest. They were sentenced on the same day. And in the scenario... Um, an additional point under 4A1.1E was applied uh-huh. for crime of violence. Okay. And, you know, about half of the room said that that was proper calculation. Oh, yeah. So it was a 50-50 split, which okay. are always sort of fun when you're using the clickers. Yeah. And, um, but in there should be no point assigned for the additional crime of violence. Right. Aggravated assault, it could be a crime of violence. Right. Absolutely. Just assuming that, making that assumption. Making that right. assumption. But the other offense is not. Right. Um, Whether it was burglary or theft. um, Both of those things do not qualify as a crime of violence under the guidelines. And so um, what the application note says is that you have to have multiple crimes of violence. Mm -hmm. So the only time you can apply points under 4A1.1E is where you have multiple crimes of violence treated as a single sentence. So if you switched that scenario up and it was two aggravated assaults, mm-hmm. you know, again, assuming that those meet the definition of crime of violence, then then the extra point yes. would kick in. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's okay. right. So very that was the point. second area. Okay, very good point. <laughs> and then the final area, the final takeaway um, involved a prior revocation that applied to multiple sentences that were counted separately. Okay. And so... As you know, um, under the guidelines, 
when you have a revocation, mm-hmm. prior revocation, you add any time imposed to the time imposed upon the original sentence. Right, and then you score it. And then you score right. it. And it affects <clears throat> the time frame, it affects mm-hmm. the sentence length, and there's very specific rules in 4A1.2K about that. Right. This particular scenario was dealing with application note 11 under 4A1.2, mm-hmm. which talks about when a prior sentence applies to multiple sentences and the prior sentences are treated separately. Mm-hmm. And the rule says to apply the revocation to whichever sentence will result in the greatest increase of criminal history points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the scenario we had, the two prior sentences that the revocation applied to were too old to count. Okay. And the scenario presented that the criminal history points were only added to one of those prior sentences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we asked the participants whether that was correct or not. And again, it was about a 50-50 split, yes or no. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, that is correct. Because right. you can only apply it to the one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, there was sort of this this uh, outcry about, but, you know, it applied right. to both. And uh-huh, uh-huh. the greatest increase would be bringing them both into the time frame. Mm-hmm. But the the language clearly says in note 11, you apply it to the one. Correct. Mm-hmm. The one. So then the other one wouldn't count at all. It still, it did not count at all. Because it's too old. That's right. See, and that's, the, that's what I see folks making mistakes on as well, is that they'll still pull that in because they think that even if they don't add it, they'll still pull it in because they think that if the revocation applies to multiple sentences, it's going to pull them both in. Right. Even though you may be only adding the revocation to one of them. Right. That's enough to pull them both in. Right. Which and isn't, that, right. That not is accurate. not correct. <laughs> right. It's not correct. You are right. Yeah. So those were my three takeaways from that breakout session. Okay, great. Well, that's wonderful information. And again, hopefully we can reach even more people than we did at the national and hopefully you know they the folks that were there were able to process that and take it back to their offices um and and even share it with their folks about hey guess what i learned at the national right we've been doing this wrong you know that's exactly (laughs) right because that's what happens with these scenarios sometimes people have these light bulb moments and they're like wow i didn't realize that so i think i I think we're going to continue to do that i love like i said i love the way that you show it to them, score it already, and say, hey, is this right? Because it really makes them think. It does. Like, they have to think about it. They can't just pick an answer. They have to, they really have to put their thinking caps on and think about it. Yeah. So thanks so much for being here today. Really appreciate you um, talking about this with us and hope to see you again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. Uh Uh-huh. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. (music) 